Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. Satellite Sisters, welcome to the show. It is Sunday, May 4th. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California, joined on the line by three of my four sisters. Leon cannot be with us today, but uh, Monica Dolan, you're in Bend, Oregon, just having a chill weekend up there? Yeah, great. And I'm here on my new, brand new MacBook Air that I just bought. Oh, you went for the air. Nice. Well, you know, the screen on my old MacBook... um, got fried, and it was just lines and squiggles. <laughs> for how long? For like a year? How long? Yeah, and you've been operating like that, Monica. Well, the lines and the squiggles went halfway up for about a year. And then on that trip to Florida, I think the taxi driver just took my bag and heaved it in the back. And now the entire screen is lines and squiggles. So virtually unusable. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I had I, I had to invest in a in a new uh, laptop, which is very very lovely and light, and you know I just have to get the right cables to connect it to my giant monitor at home. But Liz, I, I'm sure you have a box of cables. <laughs> I was going to say, you know me. If there's a power cords are us. So if that, there's anything you're missing. Uh, just, uh, just send me an email. Okay. Uh, Julie Dolan, you're with us from Dallas, Texas. How's everything there? Everything is just fine. I am happy to be with you all. (laughs) Okay. That does sound enthusiastic. And Sheila Dolan in South Pasadena, California. Uh, I understand later in today's show, you have an installment of your new signature segment. Is it just me or (laughs) dot, dot, dot? But Monica, it's not just you. I I just want to jump in quickly. Because I brought my glasses to uh, the glass store this week because I had tiny little lines all over my lenses. No, Monica. Lights and squiggles. And I, I swore to them I cannot see out of them. I mean, it's worse when I put my glasses on. And this young girl, God bless her, she said, you know, this, this is serious. I said, well, what is it? She said, your glasses are crazed. I said... No, no, I'm crazed. Uh, I was like, you're serious? She goes, oh, no, it's called crazing. (laughs) It's when your glasses become, the coatings on your glasses become contaminated by heat. And little lines and squiggles are are all. So Monica, your screen was crazed. <laughs> yeah, it was the whole the whole MacBook was crazed, which causes you to be crazed. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, Sheila could have crazed glasses. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, so how was your week, Sheila? What's going on over there? Oh my gosh! You know, every day at the end of a teaching year could could be legally a sick day. I mean, I could be calling in pretty much any day now. Uh, I mean, I would have justification. And because, and and so this week I was really sick. 
and the week before I was sick. But I finally took a sick day because I've been sick for two weeks. So, um, and it takes an enormous amount of work to get ready for a substitute, right? You have all the plans. You got to do the whole thing. And I was just looking forward to having a full-blown sick day where I could just drink coffee and um, and laze around. Well, and it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like you're that sick. Is you're not going to the doctors <laughs> or seeking any medical treatment on your sick days. So well, I have if to, you can plan for it all for a week. Or don't even get out of bed. I have no time to go to the doctor anymore. You don't understand. So I'm crazed, basically. So... It's, this is the story of how I tried to take a sick day, ended up with four guys in my bathroom, right? Not a bad deal, right, when you're sick? <laughs> Anyways, so this is what happened. And I have to jump back to my downstairs neighbors, which I've never really talked about on the show because uh-huh. it's really a deep, dark um, situation down there. Uh, about a year ago, a couple moved in downstairs, and all I knew about them was... <laughs> That they were from Pennsylvania. That's all I knew. And not uh, like that couple that like uh, lured people to their homes on Facebook and then murdered them. <laughs> that kind of Pennsylvania <laughs> couple, Sheila. I would say that this couple, uh, this is the type of couple that got kicked out of the cult. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh. oh. So okay. I all right. We're cult. tracking with you now. Okay, okay. I made a conscious decision when I saw them coming not to never speak to them in the course of our lifetimes here. I mean, I do not make eye contact because, well, you'll find out why. I, I mean, my instincts were right. And you know I can be very intuitive, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you can also be crazed. But. <laughs> so the girl, the woman is a dead ringer for Squeaky From. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Uh, the man, he's a little harder to peg. I I want to say the only human interaction I've had with him was one day when I was uh, doing my laundry. We have a shared laundry facility. And he was sitting in her car. Uh, the engine was not on. He was just sitting there. And um, I was wearing a very, I, I had made a very bad fashion choice. Uh, I don't know if you remember when Target um, brought out a Calypso line <laughs> years ago. <laughs> no, no, I do not. We missed it. <laughs> well, you know, it, it was really for 25-year-olds who were like 5'11". They were basically either short or long island-inspired moo-moos. Uh-huh. Right? So I had bought a pink uh, Asian-inspired moo it, it was, it, I wore it as a shirt, I wore it as a dress, I wore it as many things. But at the end of its career, it was just ripping and the zipper was broken. It was splitting, it was too small for me. Um, so I threw that on, do, do, was doing the laundry, walking by, and all of a sudden I hear a uh, pink dress. <laughs> what? They're, just, addre- they're addressing you as that? Do you just, I mean, Wolfman Jackson in the car, and all of a sudden, I hear the two words, pink dress, and that's, that's basically sums up him. So, uh, a few months ago, I got a knock on my door around 2 o'clock in the morning from the, from the gentleman, a very loud knock. 
He apparently had been ringing my bell. And this started, the, 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 the fight started as a leak. I was, apparently my bathroom was leaking in their bathroom. Okay, whatever. It's not my fault, right? So, right. so basically, um, and what happened when he came to my door at 2 in the morning, I was partially clothed, right? I mean, as most people are. Yeah. So when I saw his face staring at me, I closed the door, went back, and put on a robe. Well, he called the landlord, and he was convinced that in that moment when I went to get my bathrobe, I did something secret to the pipes. I adjusted the pipes in some way that stopped the leak. So basically, I knew that my bathroom was leaking, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, I decided to do the magical, you know, you know. Yeah. Stealth plumbing, Sheila. That's, we've always known that you're, you know, you're a master plumber underneath that pink moo-moo. This was going on for about six months, and then finally... I take my sick day, and I'm having my coffee in the morning, just looking forward to having a bunch of coffee <laughs> and enjoying my day. And Squeaky, I see Squeaky's face, like, coming up my back stairs. Mm. And she said, oh, by the way, uh, the plumbers are coming in about an hour. Oh. And now, if I hadn't been home, I mean, you need permission to enter the apartment. Um, That's correct. That's correct. So, um... And the plumber showed up in 15 minutes. Of course, Squeaky was lying. <laughs> and also six months ago when the landlord called me and said, I think we, we have, um, are you using a, an enormous amount of water? <laughs> okay, which we grew up with you, Sheila. You do use an enormous amount of water. I know that, Liz. Here's the thing. The toilet at the time, and I said to them, I said, are you aware that when the toilet flushes, it takes about 15 minutes, and I would say loses about 200 gallons of water? They said, oh, no, it can't be the toilet. So make a long story short, Squeaky tells me, okay, so the guys show up, very nice. They end up practically ripping out my tub, my sink, and my toilet. The toilet was the number one culprit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so you were right. I was right, and um, the end of the story is basically, uh, I mean, what happened was they they started to put in a new toilet, and then I realized, um, this is the good news, this is the, the, good, the good part of the story, which is I had bought, like about five years ago, one of those squishy toilet seats. I don't know, it had always been my fantasy have a soft toilet seat. Does anyone else have one? I hate those things. No, I hate those things. Oh, oh those are disgusting. They look those, like are, those are a health hazard. They Sheila. look like germ catchers. Oh, no, they're not. They're actually easier to clean. But here's the thing. I had always, my, my OCD had really kicked in. I mean, toilets, I knew that I was bothered by the fact that other people had used my old toilet. But I, I, I could prove without a doubt that when that new toilet was put in, that toilet seat was untouched by human hineys. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that toilet seat was 100% mine. Yes. And, and that meant a lot to me. Uh-huh. And um, so I bought the guys a, a round of iced coffees. And, um, I mean, I was running around that sick day like you wouldn't believe. 
But it sounds like you accomplished so much. I did, and no, no further word from Squeaky and Wolfman Jack. I mean, that, I think the problem is solved. Mm. But more on that later. So that was my sick day. Wow. You were busy. So you feeling a lot better now? I feel better. Um, I feel fresher because I have my new toilet. <laughs> and I feel like I'm um, environmentally more sound in my bathroom, <laughs> which I had. But you're not flushing away 500 gallons of water. Every time. Right. Not to mention the six showers I need to take now, but we're not going to mention that. Yeah. It's so up that's to six. It. Okay. All right. Um, well, how many weeks do you have left before the end of the school year? <laughs> I mean, are there any other appliances you're going to fix between now and uh, uh, third grade getting out? I have six weeks, and unfortunately, I don't have a washing machine or a dryer. Or you know that would be that would be uh, the next on on the docket, but um, no, I just I'm gonna get things squared away in here in terms of uh, the. <laughs> now, Sheila, do you plan to talk to your downstairs neighbors now that you've had this sort of rapprochement, this you know, positive interaction? Oh no, we're not talking. I because I, I think there will be something else. Okay, okay. Because you never know with them. I mean, you... I maintain the silence. Yeah, I have to maintain the code. I saw him out there today doing something with the um, the cat box. And I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's really scary, the things that go on. I mean, once a year, he goes out there in the back, and he takes a pair of nail clippers, and he starts clipping his fingernails outside... <laughs> Without a shirt on. And all you hear is the flick, flick, flick of old fingernails. I mean, and, and by the way, I, I, I want to tell you, in between the time the men arrived and I went downstairs, I saw Squeaky. I had to go out and get coffee. I mean, I could not be in my apartment for six hours while I was sick. I forgot to mention that. I, I could literally, I couldn't even relax. Mm -hmm. So I went to the coffee bean and got some coffee and did some work. And when I went downstairs that first time to go out, I saw Squeaky, her kitchen door open, and I looked in, and she's got a toothbrush, and she's scrubbing the grout in, be in between the kitchen tiles. Mm -hmm. And she just glares at me. And, I mean, it was a total, I mean, it, well, you it, know, it, Sheila, she had to clean up the murder scene. No <laughs> I know. I mean, it, it, it was, I expected, I fully expected, like, a tsunami of blood to come pouring out of the kitchen <laughs> as I tried to whisk away after she had basically kicked me out of my apartment during, on my sick day. So that's, that's what's going on down there. No, I'm not going to speak with them. Okay. No, the, the good news is they'll probably just pull up the rug and leave one day. Yeah. You know, oh, roll up, roll up the rug. <laughs> roll, up, roll up the rug. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and probably leave all the evidence in the apartment. I mean, they'll be gone, and you are there for the long term. Oh, the, the, the long haul, definitely. So yes. just... I know you're in the penthouse, or you call it the penthouse. Just hold your ground. Hold okay, your I silence. will. I will, Monica. Thank you. Hold your silence. Well, speaking of jobs and sick days, I am glad we're on the podcast today because an opportunity 
was presented to me this week uh, for me to change my job. Oh, Oh, Monica, that's exciting. And I was going to call each of you individually to get some career advice, but I thought we could just do it now. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Round robin. Yeah, Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so here are the facts. So I work at OHSU, Oregon Health and Science University, and I work in the stroke center taking care of stroke patients, and I do clinical trials. Well, down the hall, like around the corner from our office, is uh, the Center for Alzheimer's and Aging. And they are looking for a nurse. They're looking for a nurse to do clinical trials, and they're also looking for a nurse to be the clinic nurse. So you would see the Alzheimer's patients when they came in, to see the doctor and do stuff like that. So one of the doctors came around and she asked one of my coworkers, hey, we're looking for a nurse and, you know, we have this job posted. Do you know of anyone who might be interested? And so, of course, I have been just ruminating about it Mm -hmm. ever since I heard about the job on Friday. And, um, you know, I ruminated my drive over to Ben during my walk, and now I'm pretty much out of my mind about what I should do. <laughs> okay, so what are the stats? I mean, will it be an increase in pay? pay? Okay, that, that, okay, so I made a little list of pros and cons. So the pay would be about the same. Okay. Um, the big thing is the workload would be about one-tenth of my workload now. Oh, no conversation. Take it. <laughs> well, also, in, in your current job, I know you like the work that you do, and it's interesting science. You always say that. But you do have to be on call a lot of nights and weekends for because of the nature of strokes, right? So I'm assuming this job, would you not have to take call? Bingo, Liz. Yeah. No call. So <laughs> Bingo. I would, Bingo. I, I would not have to work any holidays, um, any weekends. And I would not have to get up out of bed and go in in the middle of the night, which is getting really old for me at my yeah, age. Yeah. Okay. Because we're, we're getting really old. <laughs> we, are, we are. And that's the other thing. I, I need to find a job that I can do long term. You know, I'm only 54. So I have many more, yeah. possibly a decade more of working. And I just... I, I do like my job. It's interesting. But at times, I think you guys know, the workload is just crushing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I cannot uh, ever catch up. Uh, right. I, I just enroll so many patients, and there's so many patients I'm following. It's just I never seem like I can get ahead. Um, and the other thing I'll just say is that I feel like I do, like, three or four times as much work as my coworkers. Okay. Resentment. You have some. <laughs> Julie, exactly. So I have Bingo. some. I, I have some resentment. <laughs> Bingo. Another. So those, so the, the pros would be, you know, lighter workload. Plus, maybe I should just try something new. Oh, yes. Yes. Also, was- I would think, well, tell me how you feel about this, but the fact that we all, watched dad decline from Alzheimer's and kind of understand how hard that can be. But you have a, you have a sort of empathy, I would imagine for those patients and, uh, or a sympathy for the patients and empathy for the families that might make it very satisfying work for you to do because we know what that is like. 
I agree, Liz. I think it would be um, challenging. It was sort of an emotionally challenging job. Yes, um, yes. Mm-hmm. But it could be very satisfying in that way because, you know, we all saw when we took Dad to the doctors how much help the family needs. Um, but on the other hand, that's sort of in the con thing. It might be sort of emotionally a more difficult job than the one I have now. Um it also, it won't be as exciting, I got to say, because things move very slowly there. So I think I would miss a little bit of the excitement of, you know, the acute setting and when I go to the emergency room and I go to the ICU. But with all jobs, there's trade-offs. Um, another issue, something in the con column is it is down the hall from where I work now. <laughs> So you're going to still see people in the ladies' room? Is that it? You'll still see your former co-workers uh, in the, we, in we the share, ladies' room? We share a ladies' room. We share a hallway. So yeah. I will see my former co-workers um, every day and my boss. And, of course, the thing that I'm most worried about is that I'll have that nagging feeling that I left something undone in my last job. <laughs> I think you're oh. going to get over that pretty quickly. Yeah, you'll get over that. And also, Monica, you have said that a lot of people you work with are, are quite young. They are. And you have the most experience, and I think you should take whatever new job. I mean, you're experienced in that field, and I don't think you're going to miss the acute setting. Believe me, if I had a choice to go less acute, I would just sit on my butt all day. I mean, come on, Monica. You, you, slow it down. Slow it down. I know. It, it, it could be a good job for the long haul, but I don't Monica, know. Monica, also, you were. I know that being right down the hall is tricky, but a lot of people where you work, I mean, they leave all the time, right? You've said you have colleagues that they're waiting to get into medical school or they're going oh, off there. Huge amount of turnover with all of the research assistants. Yes. So I think part of the reason your workload is so high is because you're staying and everyone else is cycling through. So you're the go-to person in the office. That's part of it. And you're constantly training someone new. Yeah. So oh, yeah. You know, and you lose ground. Um I don't know. I just, I, I mean, so what I'm thinking of doing is, plus it, it's kind of, I'm kind of scared to actually apply for a job because I haven't had to apply for a job for five years. I, I guess it won't be that hard. I'll just need to do something with my resume. It's, it's not that hard. It's really. not that hard. I'm sure if you just walk down the hall and tell those people you're interested in the job, they will practically hand it to you. So I, I actually think that's the case. Yeah. I mean, if the doctor who's going to be hiring someone came by and was looking for, like, a warm body that wanted to yeah. go down the call, hall and take that job. So, anyways, I just have to think it over. What I've decided to do is the nurse that's there now is leaving at the end of June um, it might be a good idea Perfect. if I find out why she's leaving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Monica, you should, do you know, like, what the work dynamics are like in that, in the office, the Alzheimer's office that you'd move to? Are, would you be working alone? Would you be working with how many people? Um, you know, you, that's one of the things you share an office with some other people, but I think the workload's pretty varied because you go to clinics 
like in the morning, you go to the clinics at the VA hospital, and then you have the clinical research paperwork. So what I'm going to do is Monday morning, I'm going to hunt down that nurse who ironically, is named, her name is Monica, and um, I'm going <laughs> to... They won't even have to get you a new name tag. Yeah. I you should just go for it. Monica, so you don't look at it. It's really good. You still, you're working the same organization. So, you know, you get same parking lot, same a, a badge. Health club bennies. Yeah, I mean, but don't delay, Monica, because if you, if you, I mean, if you don't want the job, you don't have to take it. But go try to get it because if you delay and someone else gets the job, then you'll be sitting down the hall from the, you know, from the job you could have had. And that, right. that will regrets. Bingo. Bingo. Will really Bingo. Now something. So I'm going to, I'm going uh, to talk to morning. Yeah. On Monday. Um, just, you know, just ask her what she does all day and <laughs> what her workload's like and what skills she needs. And uh, she, she has that maybe I don't have. And so, but what she likes about her job. So anyways, moving forward, I'm going to investigate, but you're right, Julie. I know I have to do something about it next week because yeah, yeah. they could get other applications. Yeah, at the very least, just make your interest known to the people who are responsible for hiring. Okay. Because that's a, you don't yeah. have to take the job, no. but you should try to get it. I mean, that's you don't have to say yes or no at this point, but put your name in the hat. Let them know that you know what you're that you're interested. Then it will still be. Then you'll be in the driver's seat about whether or not you want to take the job. Okay, good advice. And one last question no one's mentioned. Will this um, involve a change of wardrobe? There's <laughs> <laughs> some solid career advice. Because I, I know that, you know, you go to work in pretty comfortable clothes. Would you, would you have to invest in um, suits to go to the clinic? No, it, it's, in fact, good. The, the nurse that's there now, Monica's, very, very casual. Very casual. I've okay, great. Great. Coming and going. Um, I would have to give up my own private office. Mm. Mm. But, but Monica, it sounds like you're out of the office in the morning. So I think this job is going to have a lot of variety. The yeah. fact that you're moving around to different settings, it's not like you were stuck in a cubicle for eight hours a day. You're going to be, you're going to have some personal freedom driving around. You know, I know, Monica, you're going to be excellent, as Liz said, working with these Alzheimer's patients uh, because you're excellent anyway and certainly because of our family experience. So I think it's a great opportunity for you. Okay. All right. One thing I do like is the nurse that was there before Monica, um, she retired there. You know, so she stuck it out to 64. Okay. Was her name Monica? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think that's a good sign, you know. Yeah, I, I have right. to stick it out. I, I have to stick it out till I'm 64 or something. So, all right. Um, I also, I just want to say selfishly on behalf of the rest of us, I think given our family's medical history, it would be really helpful to have someone who's yeah. on the cutting edge of science as it relates to Alzheimer's and aging. So yeah. that would that would be helpful, Monica. Okay. All right, Liz. So, um, but we could all we could all check into your clinic. Because <laughs> <laughs> of aging, aging. <laughs> Okay. Oh. All right. Good luck with that. Let us know how that yeah, goes. Yeah, Monica. We, we actually we want great to great news. We're gonna we're gonna we'll 
keep, we'll press on you to, to make sure that you at least take the first step this week. That's a great thing, Monica. That's what I need to do. Okay. Well, sisters, well, you have been very, Bashila, you've been very busy on the work scene. I have a royal report for you today because it was a big weekend in Memphis, Tennessee. I don't know if you saw this, that both the Duke of Cambridge and Prince Harry uh, were attending a wedding in Memphis, Tennessee. I, I did, heard I did about not that. See that. Whose wedding? Well, this the name the the guy that was getting married is best friends. Um, his name is um, uh, Guy Bad Boy Pelly. Uh, his middle name is really not Bad Boy, but Guy Pelly and. Guy Pelly's mother and Prince Diana were very good friends, and so that's how the friendship started. But he has been a great pal of, bo of both the Duke of Cambridge and Prince Harry, as well as Kate Middleton. And of course, Kate Middleton was invited to the wedding, but decided not to come because she felt that if she showed up, that would create such a media circus that it would take away from the bride and her big day. Oh, that's so, very thought, thoughtful of her. I thought that. Or she might just have been tired from her trip to Australia. I don't know. But so Guy, bad well, boy. I know she had all the outfits. She could have worn any one of those to the wedding. <laughs> I know. I know. I would have been happy to see her there. So, um, but, um, but Guy, bad boy, Pelly, uh, Pelly. He is, um, he's a nightclub owner, okay? So that's a very funny right there, okay? He is also, he was standing right next to Prince Harry at that party where he wore the Nazi uniform, remember? Oh, oh. oh yes. And they also credit Guy, Bad Boy Pelly, with um, getting um, Prince Harry uh, ad addicted to marijuana. So he's oh. been his pusher. <laughs> addicted so to marijuana. Oh, he's yeah. a pusher. Okay. <laughs> and was he also at the Vegas party where they were shooting pool naked? I I'm trying Sounds to like Guy Bad Boy Pelly might have been there, too. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so he is marrying. Now, Sheila, you, I know that you, you, know, you have alarm bells that go off when you read the New York Times wedding vows section and stuff. Right. So he is marrying the Holiday Inn heiress, Elizabeth Lizzie Wilson. So that's oh, wow. Now, Elizabeth well, spent a lot of bad years living at a, a Howard Johnson. <laughs> but, um, Holiday Inn is, is one step up, definitely. Well, I guess, I guess Holiday Inn was, the, the original Holiday Inn was in Memphis, Tennessee. I did not know that, but now I do. But anyway, Elizabeth Lizzie Wilson, the Holiday Inn heiress, um, she went to University of Virginia and Georgetown, Monica, so your alma mater there. Um, uh, but then she's moved to London and somehow um, is spent her time with Guy Bad Boy Pelly. So... They're now married, but um, as just a little note that was, you had to do, dig deep for this. Guy um, Pelly was actually, he uh, was recently arrested in, uh, in London, outside of London, on a DUI charge. So oh. as soon as he gets back from his honeymoon, he has to appear in court um, uh, uh, on this DUI charge. And he was given a breathalyzer at the scene when he was arrested. And his defense is the breathalyzer machine was broken and was <laughs> giving it an inaccurate uh -huh. Now, what's his, what's, is he handsome? Is that why she's attracted? No, I mean, not really. He looks a little on the short side, uh, got kind of a gingery color hair. So, uh, Sounds I. Sounds cute. <laughs> 
Well, I, I don't know, Sheila, but I just, there's some alarm bells with this wedding. But anyway, it was a lovely wedding. Uh, the um, princes were given a tour of Graceland, so how about that? Um, as well as um, also showing up were those princesses, uh, Princess Beatrice and Eugenia. Uh, Eugenia? Uh, whatever. Uh, the ones with the crazy hats? The crazy hats showed yeah, up. Now, yeah. I did not see any pictures of them in the crazy hats, so perhaps they toned it down for the American wedding. But they were all there. But my thought when I heard about this was, can you imagine if you were a bridesmaid at this wedding? Because as you know, Prince Harry is just broken up from his girlfriend. Oh, oh no, right. It's free and clear. He had, he had flown to Memphis uh, via uh, Miami where he had spent the weekend partying down hard there before he, or d- the week. Monica, addicted, addicted to marijuana. Addicted, addicted to marijuana. That Sheila, I'm just reading what the research. No, said. I know, Julie. I know. Okay, so anyway. he's the catch. He is the catch. You think so? No, he's he sounds bad. So, but I, I'm a little worried about this wedding between Elizabeth, Lizzie Wilson, and Guy uh, Pelly. But nonetheless, she must be really, really rich, <laughs> right? I mean, come on. I don't know. I don't know. I can. I cannot say. But um, I'm sure it was quite a party. Yeah, it but here's like it must have been fun. But here's the thing. Now you know we have a wedding coming up in our family. Our our niece Catherine is getting married. Do you know? And this is this I find just outrageous. That but for the the two princes to attend this wedding in Memphis, Tennessee, it cost the British government about eighty four thousand dollars. What in terms of they provided the airline tickets for the princes to go, the security, the hotels for them to attend this wedding. It was paid for by the British government. Well, I really can't complain because my wedding trip is being paid for, too, by other people. <laughs> Namely, my brothers and sisters. Okay. Well, you're our royalty, Sheila. We, we want you there. We Sheila, we're not. We're, we're footing the bill ourselves. We're not billing the American taxpayers. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. Okay. okay, well, but they get a lot of mileage out of having those boys travel around. You know, otherwise, would you care about England at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, you Thanks know. Thanks anyway. Keep us posted, Joel. Yeah, I will. I am going to be watching this marriage. I, I just am a little worried about um, Guy Pelley. And He's going son. down in flames. He does not seem like a very suitable catch. Uh, but uh, good luck to the to the new couple. I hope they're happy. And um, perhaps uh, she'll show up at the court date as well for the DUI charge. Okay, moving on to another thing coming out of Great Britain. Liz, you said that nothing good comes out of there, but there is. And I think you mentioned that you were going to see this uh, last weekend, the movie Lock. That's L-O-C-K-E. Have you seen this movie? Yes, I went to see it last weekend, Julie. It's fascinating, isn't it? It is really an original, uh, different kind of take on a movie. It's almost like watching a really good play. That's the way I felt. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very intense. Uh, It's interesting. It's totally involving and not the least bit boring. But if I tell you what the, the plot is, you'd say, oh, my gosh, this sounds like the world's most boring movie. So here's the plot, that it, it, it centers on one character, a foreman of a construction company who, dro- who gets in his car late at night and drives from Birmingham in northern England to London. And while he's in the car, he makes a series of phone calls. And that's the entire movie. Mm-hmm. 
Wow, that sounds incredibly boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here are the parts that are not boring. Number one, the uh, it's um, Tom Hardy is the star of this movie. So if you're going to spend, and uh, by the way, it's only 85 minutes long. So Ooh, I like that. They yeah. were smart. So you're just staring at Tom Hardy's face for 85 minutes, which I'm totally fine with. Because yeah. he's so yeah. attractive. So. Yeah, he is handsome. And he has a really dreamy voice. His yeah. voice is unbelievable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the series of phone calls, I mean, his life is slowly unraveling the closer he gets to London. Right, Julie? So yes. it's not, that's not giving too much away because that's clearly what they, you know, as they market the movie, that, that's what the movie is about. Like how much is happening in, to him and what his reactions are to the series of things going on as he's driving. And it's just, it's surprisingly beautiful to look at. I expected yes, it to be visually kind of tedious, but the way they've edited it together, it's actually very beautiful, don't you think? I, th- I Liz, I w- thought the same thing. I mean, it's it's the colors, the c- it's scenic. I don't I don't know how else to describe it. It's absolutely beautiful to watch. So, it well, is- my my stunt meter goes up, Jewel, because I'm uh-huh. thinking Ryan Gosling already did this in the movie Drive. Yeah, that's this does have-, have a little bit of that feel. Uh, definitely, it does. Like I could have imagined Ryan Gosling doing this, but Drive had a lot of other things going on. In a True. Scene. I mean, True. there were plenty of action scenes in Drive, and this is literally just you're in the car with the guy. Well, did did your husband see this, Julie? Because that sounds like his kind of movie. Uh, yes, I, I brought my husband. We lo- we both really really liked it, and and it was the audience reaction the time we saw it. Everyone just really sat in the theater at the end of the movie. I mean, you just really didn't want to get out of your seat. You wanted to think about it. You saw had seen something very, very different. So, but yes, I, I mean, I, I think there are some crabby people that have uh, described it like drive or said, you know, it's a ripoff of gravity. <laughs> Again, you have just one person alone. But I thought this was highly successful, incredibly well acted. It's a great script. Wouldn't you say yes, that? Yes, I thought the script is really, you know, and so few movies have a good s- script. I, I think for the two sisters that have not seen this movie um, that are on the show today, I would highly recommend it. I actually think you would both like it a lot. It would be interesting for you two to go see it. Then we could have another conversation about it because uh, it's definitely worth trying out. It's a very different kind of cinematic experience. And you know what? The I hadn't really thought about the Gravity connection, but one of the things I loved about Gravity was that you did have the ability to just watch Sandra Bullock sort of be great in that movie all by herself to sort of live in that moment with her. That's what kept me really fascinated as I watched that. And so it is similar here. It's just great to see a great actor uh, mm-hmm. doing what they do. And this is really a great actor doing an amazing job. The um, Sheila, your friend, Joe Morgenstern, remember when we met him here? Yes, he's, I do. He's the um, the film critic for the Wall Street Journal, and he also does the movie reviews on KCRW here in Santa Monica. He, I heard him say on the radio a couple of weeks ago that he thinks this might be one of the best cinematic performances of all time. Oh, so really? there you go. And that's cranky Joe Morgenstone. He's not like throwing oh. that stuff around lightly. Uh, so it would be worth checking out. 
Okay. I know it's opened in limited release. Like I know, you know, you had it in LA and it was opened in New York. It has come to Dallas, so that's the middle of the country. So it's, you know, but it's not going to be, you know, in, uh, you know, like the multiplex. It will probably be in smaller theaters around the country. But it is great, well worth seeking out. Wow. Well, I haven't, I haven't had a whole lot of time to go to the movies. <laughs> because you've been planning your sick day. <laughs> right. Right. I've been planning my sick day. I basically have enough time to go to the doctor and get some food. Basically, <laughs> that's what I've been doing. <laughs> um, speaking of, I just thought, can we do another installment of Is It Just Me or? Yes. All right. People, uh, people have been clamoring for another installment of Is It Just Me or? Well, I, I wish we had some music for you, but we'll figure that out later this year. Okay, and Monica, I hope you can help me with this one. Okay. I, I, I think I have one to contribute. <laughs> oh, good, good. Is it just me, or have blood pressure cuffs gotten tighter? <laughs> <laughs> I could not take it the other day when I was at the doctor once again. <laughs> Poor, poor Kathy, the check-in nurse. I, I try to l lighten the mood. You know, I said, Kathy, I should have, like, a discount punch card, shouldn't I, by now? And she says, get on the scale. You know, she just, get on the scale. It's like, I don't want to get on the scale. She said, get on the scale. So I get on the scale. She's like, I have to take your blood pressure. And all of a sudden, she starts pumping that thing. And I'm like, Kathy, it's hurting. Kathy, Kathy, take it off. That blood pressure cuff felt so tight around my arm, Monica. It wasn't that, a, it wasn't an automatic. She she pumped it up. I, it was I don't know what it was, but <laughs> it was causing high blood pressure. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh my gosh, Monica! No, well, is I, your is your blood pressure high, Sheila? Or how did you do? Yeah, I'm. It, it was high, so I I have to check it now. It, it's for the first time in my life. My blood. Wait, is it tighter when your blood pressure is high? Yeah, well, uh, they have to pump it up further. So yeah, it, it, that's why the patients that we see that complain that it's so tight. I'm in my mind. I'm thinking it's because your blood pressure's so high. Yeah, it, it, it's tighter because they have Ooh. to pump it up above where your top number of your blood pressure is. Okay. So if you work on getting your blood pressure down, then they, it won't be so tight the next time. Okay. Thank you, Monica. Nurse Monica. Okay. You need that new job. You should definitely <laughs> go right to that new job. But honestly, how high could your blood pressure be, Sheila? You're it's, in such good shape. Not really. I mean, this year, you know, okay, so, <laughs> all right. Um, let's move on. Okay. Is it just me, um, or have the marketing directors at my local supermarket been drinking the inventory? Because <laughs> this is what I saw the other day at my local Vons. It's the Vons that Liam goes to every day. I go there every day. Um, and they've been there all the time. I don't know if you've ever had your supermarket taken over <laughs> by, you know, marketing. And things get changed around, Julie. <laughs> Yes, I, I think because um, Vons was bought by Safeway, right? I mean, bought by Alberts, Albertsons. It's become, oh. it's becoming an Albertsons, right? Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that because this probably explains the new refrigerated case <laughs> that I saw the other day. And these are the three items that I saw. 
grouped together in an artistic display. These were the actual three items. Orange juice, uh, army-sized packages of mozzarella cheese, <laughs> and Bailey's Irish cream. <laughs> three items in a separate case. And I was trying to figure out, like, Okay, maybe maybe people drink in the morning. They drink the Bailey. They have a nice glass of orange juice. But what are they going to do with the cheese? <laughs> that does seem like an unusual combination, Sheila. It's not just you. I mean, if if there were eggs and cheese, I would understand. And Bailey's and the and the orange juice. And, and the, you're certain they were put there on purpose? It wasn't okay. just that. Okay. Just, yeah, this was a new case. I mean, they had been working on it. No, that that was it. And the mozzarella was the, the family packs. I mean, so. I thought you said army pack. Well, either one. Okay, so that's, I'm just struggling with those two issues, right? Monica, how about you? Well, you know, I, now that you, now that you've, um, given me examples of the concept, I don't really think my rant is quite that, but. I could try it, Sheila. So and lay it on us. Okay, is it just me or <laughs> I can't really say it? Like, <laughs> go ahead. You can do it, Monica. Do the neighbors have like no sense at all? Okay, that. <laughs> Why? What are they doing? Let, let me back up. So I I came over to Ben to Liz's house here. And, you know, no one's been here in quite a while. So, Liz, I spent all day yesterday doing just a nice little patio shape-up. So Thank I did yard you. work, which I enjoy, because it's in someone else's yard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, so glad that you enjoy that. I do. I enjoy it. Plus, most of the yard here, Liz, is hardscaping. Right. Whatever. It's stone. It's patio. Mm -hmm. So you just, oh, boy, you 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 brush it off and then you hose it down it looks like a million bucks so everything looked great and i wanted to sort of enjoy the fruits of my labors and i have uh i i thought well now it looks so nice out here the sun was out some dappled sunlight i thought i'm just gonna go take my book and sit outside at that exact moment <laughs> honest at that exact moment the neighbors next door, and I'll just give you a little bit of the backstory. They don't work, okay? It's a couple that lives there, property manager, managers. Like, they don't go get up and go to work every day. <laughs> I, I think it would be more correct to say that they work at home. They work at home, but Liz, <laughs> okay. come on. I know. Okay, whatever. I, I, I'm I not there enough to judge. But, yeah. okay. He makes guitars. How okay. many guitars? I think he would enjoy that Bailey's case. <laughs> I, I do too. The triple, I, the triple. Compliments. I think he would. I know she does a lot of yoga. So, at the exact moment, I was going to go enjoy the <laughs> sunlight in the backyard. He starts. He decides he's going to start working in the yard, and they start burning yard debris. They have this little outdoor Kiva <laughs> <laughs> fireplace thing. And he starts, he is hacking up trees. He's, you know, burning stuff. So it's all this acrid smoke. And then they start 
spreading fertilizer around back there. So you had like the acrid smoke and the, I was like, are they burning fertilizer? What are they? <laughs> Yum, like, that smells delicious. Like burning crops and this is what happened. And I, the, all I could think was, Can't, couldn't you have done that Monday through Friday? Like anytime, Monday through Friday, while everyone else is at work, yeah. you have to do that prime yeah. time, Saturday afternoon at 3.30 when <laughs> neighbors might want to enjoy their patio. And, top of sunlight. Top of sunlight time. And, uh, you know, yeah. So Maybe that, they were inspired by you, Monica. They saw you cleaning. I think they might have been, actually. They put, they put the baileys down. They decided to go burn a few acres. <laughs> <laughs> It was just horrendous. Now, I, I had to come inside. I had to close all the windows, and then I just left. <laughs> you know, that's really the Oregon way to do it. I thought the story was going to be that it was a leaf blower or something, but, like, Oregon, they, they really know how to, like, drive out the neighbors. It's right. the, the fertilizer. Chopping up, deep. Chopping yeah. wood and, and then stuffing it in this fireplace so it was burning. <laughs> Awful. Anyways, I think they should get together with my downstairs neighbors. <laughs> Sounds like it. Mm. Just do that stuff during the week. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Good concept. Is it just me or? Okay. We'll have to keep working on this one. <laughs> in, in the theme song. It's going to have its own segment music before you know it by the end of the year. It's good, Liz. Uh, Okay, well, we gotta, we'll get, we're getting close to the end here. Got to wrap it up. Just a couple of observations I wanted to make about, uh, about what I've been up to. Yesterday, I went to our nephew Daniel's rugby game. And, you know, Daniel is 13, and uh, he's, like, fast and kind of wiry and he was playing football for a while and then which terrified his mother our sister-in-law Laura um, who said to him Daniel who just made his bar mitzvah last year Laura made a point of saying to him Daniel our people are not athletes our people are agents and (laughs) (laughs) so she can't she couldn't believe her son was playing a contact sport and now she's even more alarmed that he's essentially chosen a contact sport with no helmets or pads or protective gear of any kind. So she cannot go to any of the games. And now having been to one, I can understand why she feels that way. Have any of you watched a rugby game lately? It's no, just, not lately. Okay. It's no, just, <laughs> we don't get out. We don't get out much. I'm surprised they allow, they let youth sports, they let youth do that. Um, well, anyway, Daniel <laughs> loves it. And he's really good at it. It was like watch. He can. He's such a great tackler. He can take anyone down. Like it was like watching a National Geographic film where you see like a a lion catching a giant wildebeest. You know, really? Yes. Then the lion just sort of latches onto the back leg and drags the much larger animal down. That's exactly what uh, what Daniel was doing yesterday because his team. Uh, called the the Back Bay Sharks. You know they're from Orange County, so they're sharks. Um, it's sort of the the 
the sort of rainbow of Southern California that, like, Leon's kids' soccer teams were always this way, too. It's Latino kids, it's African-American kids, it's white kids, it's, and because it's rugby, there's, like, one kid who's from Ireland and another kid who's from Australia. It's the, like, it's the, like, the world of Southern California all on one sports team. So, so they line up, and then the other team comes out, and everyone on the team is Samoan. Oh, so, oh. so what you're saying is that these are their kids are twice the size. Twice the size at the age yeah. of 13. This looked like a bad Disney movie when you looked at the two, <laughs> two teams lined up against each other. I was like, oh my God, this is not going to turn out well. I mean, the other team, they were also 13, but they were twice the size. And, Liz, you know. That's exactly what I was going to say. When you get to middle school, high school, you really start to see a giant discrepancy in the, you know, just physically in the kids that play any sport. Yeah. I mean, some some are like 6'5", 250 pounds, and others are like our nephew that are sort of smaller and more wiry. And it's it's like they should not be in the same league. <laughs> it was, it was, but they really held their own until the very end of the game they were they got scored against twice at the end of the game and that kind of finished them off but they really held their own and Daniel came off the field at the end and I could tell you know I don't go to a lot of these sporting events because I don't have kids but I've occasionally gone to like Liam's kids games or I could tell Daniel really really wanted to cry that he just was like really upset that they had not won. He's super competitive and he's very athletic. And he was sort of like, <laughs> you know, sort of catching his breath so that he didn't start to cry. And, uh, but I could see that his eye was starting to swell up. And I, you know, I said, Daniel, I got him some ice. I was like, why don't you put this on your eye? Because that does not, that looks like you're going to have a shiner there. He's like, no, no, I'm okay, Aunt Liz. I'm okay. So then, but then when Brendan, his father, our brother came over, that's when he really did start to cry, the poor guy. Anyway, so they get, it was really uh, like, it was quite a game. Rugby is a fascinating sport to watch. It is just a hard hitting, fast, very interesting game. But then last night, Julie, I noticed you saw this too. Laura, our sister-in-law, at the hospital with Daniel. I guess that eye thing that I saw was actually what did she say? Like a fractured cheekbone? Yeah, it's like oh a fractured. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. I saw that thing. Yeah, that's could be very serious. Very anyway, serious. it's going to look super cool at school tomorrow, and I'm sure that part of it, <laughs> Daniel is very happy about because he already it was already turning very black and blue. So oh. um, I think that'll show his tough guy uh, credentials. Anyway, it was for a moment there, it felt like a Disney movie, and then it all went horribly wrong. <laughs> and, <laughs> No, I know, I, but I, you know, it, no, it was very, um, it was very heartfelt just watching him. He was so upset at the end of the game, but he had just fought like the lion against the wildebeest, and he just could not bring those wildebeest down. Uh, okay. Well, he's a very brave kid, you yeah. know. He's, yeah. he's, you know, he's very brave. So, wow. Uh, Okay, now, speaking of uh, the animal kingdom, I'm ending on this last, you know, heartwarming story I saw in this morning's L.A. Times. Headline, uh, Dateline, New Jersey. Headline, Dog Lost in Superstorm Back Home. Did anyone see this story yet? Oh, my gosh. A New Jersey family whose terrier pit bull mix escaped from their backyard during Superstorm Sandy went to an animal shelter to adopt a new pet, and they walk up to the first cage... And who's in the cage? But their dog. Oh, 
I mean, they're all, so this dog has been missing since October 2012. Oh, my gosh. What are the that's, chances of that? That's incredible. That is like beyond. The dog's name is Reckless. <laughs> and so I guess they had finally given up. They were ever going to find Reckless. And they finally went, you know, with the three kids to adopt a new dog. And there was Reckless waiting for them. <laughs> So that is a Disney movie. That, that is, is. You better get the rights to that movie right away. <laughs> yeah, he. Forget Tom Hardy. He should star in his own movie. <laughs> Reckless, the lost dog. Reckless. Uh, okay, so um, so here we are. We got to wrap it up now. Uh, we want to remind everyone if you if you love Satellite Sisters when and you listen to us on iTunes, it would be great if you could subscribe to our show and write a review. That's always helpful. If you listen to us on Stitcher, give us a thumbs up. If you get it from our Facebook group and you could share the show on, uh, it's all working, people. Because I I sent you guys an email this week, April of 2014 was our biggest month ever for downloads of Satellite Sisters. Woohoo! Thanks to everybody. Really. So thank you so much for, you know, our theme this year is Share the Sisters, and you're obviously doing a really good job sharing the sisters. So we're going to keep doing more production and, you know, maybe cook up a theme song or two. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, but you're doing your part, and we thank you very much. If you haven't joined our Facebook group yet, um, there's a lot going on there, so just ask to join, and you're in. And anyone else have anything uh, going on this week that they want to mention? I don't no. think so, Liz. Well, we're just going to be we're going to be waiting to hear about Monica. So, Monica, we're yeah. on high alert. You just uh, if you need any other career advice from any of your sisters, just <laughs> let us know. We're happy to. I know you're going to skip skip right over me for that category, <laughs> but you know I want you to move. Take it. Okay. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your sister. You walk into the world you make. You lose yourself, but you you find your way. I'm going to watch you radiate. I'm gonna watch you rain